0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Denalysis Fancy Football Podcast. I'm your host Dan and as always I'm joined by Natalie. We have just had a very fun time watching the Everton Burnley match and personally I've been, I've been very upset at the lack of cards shown by Mr. M- Martin Atkinson causing me to lose a grand 10 pounds but we've had a few a few exciting players emerged from that game, and I think it was worth watching in the end. Do you, do you agree, Natalie?
1: Um, I, I get. You know what? I guess so. I guess it was.
0: I mean, I know that you were very much on the fence about whether or not to get one of the two players in this match who had very uh, sizable influence on the outcome. It's fair to say in Damari Gray and. Abdullah decora.
1: Yeah, should I st- I I couldn't go. But like, yeah. I got I made two transfers this week, which I kind of like didn't mean to do. Well I kinda did, but I kinda didn't. But I got Calvert Lewin, which obviously turned out to be Calvert Lewin for Wilson, which turned out to be pointless. Literally.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: But yeah, the other move the original move was either was Harvey Barnes for either decore or tomorrow gray so i'm just doing Both that would have been good this week instead um and it's obviously a decoré i don't know why anyone obviously. would go anywhere else
0: well yeah absolutely i mean i'll have some thoughts um we can maybe talk about that in mo but um yeah i mean here we are we're back mm. game week four is over and there are a few little narratives that have appeared i mean it was very much a a striker saga this week mm. um with the two highest price strikers in the game i think they are is there anyone else that can't be can there oh yeah kane of course he's an old expensive boy i haven't looked at the prices in weeks because i've been chill i've been like no i don't need to wild card i'm just gonna i'm just gonna hang out and let let it all wash over me but after this weekend i don't know i'm feeling a bit feeling a bit antsy um i've got I mean, I'm looking at my team. I've got 64 points. That's not bad, right?
1: Yeah, I'm on 59 now, I think.
0: Yeah. That's pretty good. I think in any normal week, that's uh, and I'm looking at the average and it's saying that's 52. So I'm actually not too mad about that. It's just it could have been so much better. And that's with, uh, you know, I've only got 10 players this week because I made the same... For a different player, but I did bring um, Calvert-Lewin in this week, expecting him to be fine. And it all seemed like it was OK the other day. And then team sheets come out tonight and no, he's got a broken toe. So
1: Broken toe and a thigh injury. Isn't he? These are his confessions part two. Just when he thought he said he had he'd said all he had to say. His chick on the side named Raph Benitez
0: <laughs> says he's got one on the way. But yeah, it's been a very much a week of. Uh, I think those have been the standout, uh, the standout guys, right? I mean, I don't know if it's even possible. I haven't looked at uh, what your team would have to look like if you were going to have Ronaldo and Lukaku. But also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it anyway. I mean, strikers. My my general feeling on the strikers, like I was fairly happy to not go for a um like big ticket big dog. And then I watched the Chelsea who do they play? Chelsea um Villa. Villa. I watched that game and like the the thing that amazed me about Lukaku in that game was that he didn't he didn't really do anything for the majority of the game mm. but he scored two goals and they were both very good goals. Yeah. And and I think with the way that Chelsea play, like, they are going to win most of their games. They're probably I know a lot of people have them down as favourites for the title, and I kind of... I don't think I'd have them as my favourites necessarily. Like, I still I still fancy Liverpool a little bit. I still uh, fancy Man City as well. But in terms of the way that Chelsea just control games and just kill you with, like, a moment, I'm looking at Lukaku and thinking he can... You know, he's not necessarily going to be a guy who gets four or five goals in a single game because I just don't know if Tuchel's teams are ever really going to do that. Or they might have the odd one, but mm. I don't see it happening frequently. I think they're quite happy to control a game once they've they've got the goals they needed. Um, it makes sense, you know, it's a long season. You want to conserve energy. But Chelsea just don't really have anyone else that, that puts the ball away like he does. And that, that uh, it, it just became apparent to me, really. And at 11.6 or whatever he was, I just looked at it. Yeah, that's what he is. That's compared to Ronaldo at 12.5. And I know everyone's really hyped and he's had a really good start with two goals. But like, if I compare those performances, there was a pretty, I mean, pretty fortuitous in both goals, really. I think the second one from Ronaldo was fairly decent. Mm. But the
1: first one was definitely right place, right time.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, you can look at that two ways right like you can look at that as oh he's like you say in the right place at the right time like that is a skill in mm. in its own right I, I think you could say the same about Abameyang's goal this weekend um but I also uh look at his his performance and the second goal he scored I mean it was It was a good first touch, but again, pretty dodgy goalkeeping. And and that was the same thing that could be said for the the first goal, where it was really just a goalkeeping error that led to the goal. So when I kind of compare the two on these performances in an isolated situation, I'm like, Lukaku filled me with that kind of... I guess I I should also say, like, because we're in the UK, we didn't get to see the whole United game. So I'm kind of speaking about the the United game from highlights, whereas I got to see the whole Chelsea game, and I don't know. I was just the way the way that Lukaku played. I just I felt that kind of immediate emotional desire to get him in my team, and I don't know. I'm not ready to wildcard yet, really. Although this Calvert Lewin situation has maybe pushed me slightly more in that direction, um, but there's certainly some food for thought there in terms of like do you think this this is a first week right where it's really it's really put the whole template thing into question because a lot of people would have been going without like uh, a player like Lukaku, without like a a premium striker and relying on the likes of Antonio who got himself sent off and the likes of Calvert loon, who is now injured so has that got you calling calling your own? Team structure into question, or are you kind of like chill about it?
1: I'm not chill about it. The The Wilson injury really fucked me up. Um, mm. I would not have made the transfers that I did if that hadn't happened. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't have even made two transfers. Basically, I'm just trying to get Lukaku in without wildcarding, and mm. that's what is going to take up the next four weeks of my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Like Pope was gonna need to go at some point anyway, because he was so expensive. Like in hindsight, I should have never got him in.
0: I assume he was just your one expensive goalkeeper. Keep- no, I had, had.
1: Gaeta as well, didn't I? Though.
0: Yeah, so it, it was a five point five and a four point five rather
1: than yeah. Um. So he had to. If go- it makes
0: you feel any better, my mum had Edison and Martinez. That's a 6.0 and a 5.5. And she wildcarded this week. She brought in Antonio and captained him. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) but I guess so
1: many people would have done that and you never would have seen. The thing is, I said to Dan just now, like I didn't realize at what point in the game Antonio got sent off. Hmm. So now I'm kind of questioning even having Antonio because for what? He was there for 90 minutes still. Yeah. He was there.
0: Well, this is quite an interesting one because we did talk about this last week and obviously West Ham were the kind of the flavour of the month where mm. they played so well, they'd scored so many goals, they'd been so exciting. It it kind of felt like you were stupid not to bring Antonio yeah. in. Um, but, you know, I, I called back to the Southampton Man United game where I, I can't remember if that was game week two or game week three or what, but... <laughs> Where well, it's it's a blur already. Yeah. Um, where they, Southampton put up a really like resilient defensive performance, and like we've seen them do it before. We saw them do it last year against Man City, where they walked away with a one nil win. I think City had an XG of like four point or something, and Southampton won one nil because they were just you know defending with their lives. They've shown that they're capable of doing that, and I think when you compare the trajectory of the two teams i think with southampton they're kind of in this situation where they know in some games they're really going to have to play the underdog and that's exactly what they did they they knew that west ham were free scoring at the moment so they went for a much more organized defensive performance and from what i heard again another match we weren't allowed to watch because of the stupid uk blackout um Mm -hmm. the the uh the sort of commentary guys on, on uh, soccer Saturday were very, or the guy who was doing it. It wasn't multiple guys. It was just one guy. Uh, he was very complimentary of Southampton's performance and, and basically suggested that they were the better team throughout. So, and I, I kind of think I remember seeing that in the highlights and, and thinking that they were really the team that had the most going for them. um, And it puts West Ham in a real tricky situation now, because I think they'll only lose him for one game, right? Because it was a second yellow. Um, So they'll lose him for the Man United game, which for many people, if you've already got a strong bench, it's kind of by the by, because he would have been playing Man United. Like, you wouldn't have expected a huge return. You probably would have played him anyway, but, like, it kind of makes that decision for you. Mm. Um... But it does, yeah, I mean, they have very good fixtures, West uh, West Ham. So I'm not sure if I'd be chucking them out just yet. But certainly with the way that things transpired, it, it gets you questioning it. Because I, I said to you earlier, right, like the way this week went, I was looking like I was going to have a really shit one. And I was like, oh, God, I've got Pogba instead of Greenwood. I'm such a freaking idiot. <clears throat> for, for going for the, you know, less attacking guy, although he was in the early part of the season playing that left wing role. Solskjaer has moved him deeper now, which is annoying. But he ended up coming away with two assists and uh two bonus points, I think. Um and Fernandez had quite a late goal. And then, you know, Antonio, who basically everyone and their dog owns, got that late red card. And then there's a late goal in the Brentford game where Brentford conceded. And it's like all the stars aligned for me in that moment where it's like I went from having a really shit, like average sort of 30 point week to all of a sudden, oh yeah, like I've got, I I don't think I got any bonus points for Sanchez, which is a bit of a bummer, but like it, it all kind of, yeah, all kind of came together at the end there, and I think it's important not to go like too overboard with the conclusions. In that, uh, at, at this point when that's happened, I'm kind of with you on the wildcard thing. Like, I know a lot of people w- would have done it this week anyway, so mm. you know what's done is done.
1: Yeah, I am thinking about do like, does it make more sense just to wildcard rather than wait four weeks, four or five weeks to try and get my team where I want it to be yeah the struggle like my team for next game week looks weak like wait, it's just tony tony leading the line and hoping <laughs> for the best that's where we're at i've got to play four defenders um including Soufal against man united which is a bit annoying um and dunk against leicester which is less worrying somehow mm. uh so yeah i'm not happy about it mm. but i think then I can make one transfer and that be okay. It's obviously a decori, uh, and then the week after Antonio, will be back. So it's not so crazy. I don't know, it. But just right now on paper, it looks terrible. Everything looks terrible.
0: Yeah, and it can all change in a moment. Mm. I mean that that's kind of why I'm a bit reluctant to wildcard because I do. It's my emotion speaking, right? Like I've seen Lukaku, and I I was already a fan of Lukaku, like he has been one of my favorite well he effectively has been my favorite player outside of the premier league for the past season and a half um and i was curious how he'd do at chelsea because uh, like i said earlier i mean i chelsea aren't a team that create an enormous amount of chances and they don't really score a lot but he's just he fits like a glove because he just does it he he gets one chance he scores and then they chill for the rest of the game and then he probably scores again later if the ball comes to him like it it he's just so alarmingly competent that that it, it just makes perfect sense Whereas man united i kind of look at them and i think they're a little bit more haphazard like i think on another day like playing a better team <clears throat> i'm not sure they come away with four goals and
1: yeah, I thought this, like, I think, and I think with a couple of these games, like, the scoreline is kind of unfair to the team that lost. Yeah. Um, and with, like, I do wonder how Newcastle would have done if they had had Wilson there, because I think they were, obviously they wouldn't have necessarily defended better, but they would have scored more, and then that would have checked, they might have scored more. They wouldn't necessarily have scored more. They might have scored more, and that might have changed the game for them. Um, so I think that was a bit of a shame, because I didn't really even pay attention to the fact that they scored, but Sam Maxima, Lord of all social media
0: <laughs> just
1: <laughs> being a great guy
0: yeah he was, he did really well on that goal that that was a great goal, actually, and that was an mm-hmm. equalizer um yeah. to be honest, like, I think even taking Wilson out of the equation, I think the difference on the day was like there were some goalkeeping errors there was some good finishing from Man United and there was some absolutely dreadful finishing from Newcastle. Like they could, that could have easily finished four, four. I mean, Joe Willock, one of the problems I had with Joe Willock at (laughs) Arsenal, one of the reasons I'm glad we sold him. um, And uh, you you know, I I still love the player, but like one of the things that he does is he, (laughs) one of the reasons he scored so many goals last season, is because he doesn't look for a pass. He just doesn't do it. And there were two opportunities for him where he just needed to pass it inside to someone for a tap-in and he blasts it over the bar or blasts it wide. And and it's kind of moments like that where you see the difference in quality, you know. Mm. Ronaldo scoring uh while Woodman is making mistakes in it. Was it Woodman that was playing in, in goal yeah. for Newcastle? Yeah. So he's just come back from COVID. Oh, no, no it's Darlo Darlo who like. has, has That's COVID. Yeah.
1: Newcastle's still playing, what, their third keeper?
0: Yeah freddie woodman is to all intents and purposes a good goalkeeper but i but think he's he just not their had... first choice though is he no and i think he just had a really bad day he uh, maybe he was overawed by the the occasion because you mm. know everyone everyone's been hyping this ronaldo thing yeah. paul berson on sky sports was dreadful like he was <laughs> i i never quite know how much of it is genuine like uh, genuine amazement and adulation versus how much of it is just playing to the crowd because every time he was like oh this movement oh it's amazing the way he moves and i'm like yeah like, a lot of strikers move man like a lot of it's just <laughs> running in a straight line it's like you want the ball so you're gonna run forward uh, it's just what strikers do mm. but like he would really over it to the point where it got really annoying because it's like yeah well Also, everyone's got to be staring at him for the whole game because everyone's obsessed with him. Mm. So it's impossible not to see the guy who's constantly moving because he constantly knows everyone's eyes are on him. And it it just felt a bit redundant to me. It was like, yeah, just over-egging up everything he does just for the sake of it, to to kind of build up this mythos of this legend. And I'm just here being like, no, Lukaku's a boy and he's 0.9 million cheaper. Yeah,
1: I I agree. And something you said um, earlier about, like, you know, there isn't really anyone else in the Chelsea side who's going to do what Lukaku is doing. Hmm. I do worry. No, I don't worry at all. It's kind of uh, what's saving me. But Hmm. there are quite clearly other players in the United side that can do goals and can assist with goals. Yeah. Um, How did you feel about Sancho starting?
0: um sancho has been absolutely terrible for man united so far and i saw no evidence that he's gonna be any better i mean there is one thing in his defense that i bring up you know aside from him being uh, coming from a new league like i don't want this to sound like i hate sancho and i'm insulting him and saying he's shit like that's not how i feel but but i do feel he's his performance level has been way off of it for man united so far and he just doesn't look uh doesn't really look ready, doesn't look like he's adjusted to the league. But in his defence, he's been playing on the left-hand side and where he had all of his success for Dortmund was playing on the right-hand side. And the the reason that Man United supposedly signed him was to fix the right-hand side, which is where they didn't really have anyone. But now it's like Greenwood is playing over there and Sancho is chucked out on the left where he firstly he's like not adjusted to the league but secondly he's not really it's not the place where he is elite it's mm. not the place where he's consistently been at his best so slightly confusing management there and I don't know if that's going to change in in the long term but it is kind of weird if they've brought him in knowing that he's produced you know most of his goals and assists from that side for Dortmund and to all intents and purposes, they brought him in to fix that side on their team, and now they're just like, Greenwood plays that. I mean, Greenwood has been great. I'm not saying you need to take Greenwood out, but it it's kind of like they're treading on each other's toes at the moment, and mm-hmm. Sancho's performances have just not been not been at it. Yeah. Um, but Fernandez, I guess, was the real star of the show, actually. If you look at the well, actually, Pogba is the star of the show in terms of FPL points, I guess. But um, I, I now have to say, Ronaldo is technically the star of the show no, because he did get the money.
1: But we've moved on from Ronaldo. We've spoken about Ronaldo. We've moved on.
0: I just don't want to contradict myself, but Pogba was the star of the show of those lower priced assets.
1: Yeah, that's it. You're getting these different people in to do different stuff, right? Yeah. So I think it's still worth having, like, if you don't have Ronaldo, it's certainly still worth having Greenwood and Pogba, or Greenwood or Pogba, because instead of Ronaldo, you've got Lukaku, for example. Hmm. so you still want Manchester United coverage, that's it, Pog busy man, done, because at that point you also probably can't afford Fernandez.
0: Yeah, it becomes very difficult at that hmm. point because you're, you're having to choose between the likes of, you know, Alexander-Arnold, Fernandez, Salah and Lukaku, and, and Fernandez. Scored an amazing goal. I mean, Ronaldo's two goals were whatever. Fernandez's goal was an absolute freaking banger.
1: I did feel like he'd only done it, or he only even tried it, to be like, "Hello, I, I still, I'm still here. I still yeah, work here. I that's still exactly work here." Exactly what
0: I thought. It- it's exactly the same. It's like he's seen Ronaldo still in all the glory, and he's like, "You know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna score a banger of a goal." Yeah, <laughs> and. I rate that. I mean, if that's what Fernandez is going to do now Ronaldo's here, I'm going to feel a lot less uh, like I need to get rid of him. Mm. And I guess that's where the difficulty is for me on like whether or not I wildcard. Because if I'm wildcarding, I'm almost definitely getting rid of Fernandez to, to facilitate the Lukaku move. Yeah. Because I don't see anywhere else I can realistically cut enough mm. um, of my budget to make that happen and still have a team that I'm kind of cool with. Yeah. So... So that's kind of why I'm a little bit reluctant to pull the trigger on it still, because it doesn't feel like we've had in, enough. Like, I, I've had my emotional reaction to Lukaku and seeing him and and being like, wow, like, this guy is, he is world class. But I also know that I usually do my worst FPL, FPLing when I'm, emotionally reacting to things because yeah. it's just, oh that guy did well. I love him. Let's get him in. And then it all goes to shit. So so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um also you've just, written here about no, Lingard. Look, I just
1: because I was I just didn't expect him ever to get into this side. I just yeah. I was extremely shocked when I'd seen that he'd scored a goal. And I was just really pleased for him that he's there and he's allowed to play. (laughs) Um, But I did think, like, if he was, like, 5 million or 5.5 and he was regularly, like, coming off the bench or he was starting every so often, especially, like, when Europe starts and, say, he starts some, like, easier uh, Premier League games. Like, if he was cheaper, I think he'd be such a good option just to have as, like, a little... I don't know what you'd call it, like a little. I guess wildcard is the word, but it doesn't work so much in these in this context. But hmm. like to have a new team is just like your fourth or fifth midfielder. I'd love that, but six point nine is way too expensive.
0: Yeah, yeah, never an option at that price unless like they have a real injury crisis. Hmm. Um, quick thoughts on on Greenwood. Like it, it's him and Pogba who are kind of the the go to guys, right? I feel like. Do you feel like they're one of those is kind of, <laughs> I use the old famed term, essential for your FPL team if you don't want to get left behind? Do, do you feel like you need one of those two, just given the, the form of Man United and the form of those players in particular?
1: I think you need a United attacker. I don't think it matters at this point who you have. I would personally just stick with, unless you're you want to get Ronaldo in, I would just stick with who you have for the moment mm. and see what happens. I yeah. still don't think, like, you've kind of touched on this already, but, like, I still don't think we have enough data for the season to make any, like, crazy assumptions like that. Like, I wouldn't switch from Greenwood to Pogba this week.
0: Oh, absolutely. If like, you've got one just... already, then you, you stick with your guy, yeah. right? Like, um, but in terms of, like... How how good they've been. I think both of them. Is there anything between them? I mean, I I think ultimately Greenwood is playing a more attacking role, and that's unfortunate because Pogba had really shone when he (laughs) was playing. And actually, like I said, with um Sancho playing on the left hand side, he is the guy that's now keeping Pogba out of that position where he'd done so well. Um, and also I think Man United have had quite a few injuries. Like um, I think Fred wasn't allowed to play the other day because of the whole South America thing, or or he might have been injured, I'm not sure, but either way, he wasn't in the team. (laughs) Because reasons. Because reasons, and I think McTominay has been out as well, so they've had a bit of a problem with their central midfield. It seems that Oli never wants to play uh, van der Beek. He's just a non-event, really, at at that football club. So Pogba ends up playing deeper, but he does end up popping up with these two really, really pretty high-quality assists, so... Yeah, I think if I was going to pick one now, even though I have Pogba, I think I would go for Greenwood just because of that that assuredness that he's going to be playing higher up the pitch. And I mean, his finishing is exceptional. Um, I think Pogba got a bit lucky to come away with two assists. I mean, one of them was just the pass for Fernandez to, to blast it in the top corner. There wasn't really an assist in any well, way. Well, Greenwood also
1: wasn't really an assist
0: didn't he take a shot though and, yeah and so it was more it was more of an assist in terms of what you want to see from mm-hmm. someone who's going to be good in FPL like I if guess. they're taking shots there's more likelihood that a shot is going to end up in a rebound assist than yeah. than uh, a sideways pass in I midfield just
1: think, like though that shouldn't be an assist because it's not no, really
0: yeah the reason they do it in FPL though is because otherwise there'd just be so few assists because you you yeah. just don't really get you don't get enough of those like balls in behind situations where, where it really works. So it would become even more low scoring. Um, But yeah, I mean, Man United have looked really good. The one thing I will say as a caveat to all of this. uh, I mean, they've got some, it's an interesting group of fixtures coming up with West Ham, Villa and Everton. And I'm sure West Ham without Antonio probably got to go a bit more defensive than usual. Um, But they have had the highest overperformance against RxG of any team in the league. So, like, their finishing is hot right now. Some of that can be seen as, like, uh, you know, the mistakes from the goalkeeper the other day. But there could be a, a reversion coming soon, potentially. So, they're they're very hot right now, but I don't think they're playing that well. Or they're not playing as well as the results suggest essentially because they've had two ge- two games of like a shed load of goals and then the other two games where they you know they got lucky in one and they drew the other i would uh ret- retain a little bit of caution around man united and not go like all in just yet um but moving on from man united crystal palace they shocked Tottenham Hotspur this weekend with an absolutely rampant 3 0 win. I think perhaps the most amazing thing about this was it was a Crystal Palace side that just absolutely pummeled the goal. And I I guess not surprising that a Nuno Espirito Santo side kind of sat back, didn't know what to do, and couldn't counter attack, and subsequently walked away with, I think, two shots in the entire game. And Palace had something like 27 or something ridiculous. Um, it has potentially brought a few, a few uh, fantasy football contestants. What's the word I'm looking for? A few contenders. Um, ca- contenders. That's the word I wanted uh, for your fantasy team because yeah. Edouard, off the bench, absolutely putting Benteke to shame with two goals in about ten minutes. Um, Edouard literally ended Benteke's
1: career in ten uh, yeah. minutes.
0: It, it was incredible, really, because that's one of the things that, you know, Palace have really been lacking a finisher. It's been obvious for a time, but, like, they were even more defensive before, so it it, it, it looked even worse. But the way they played against um, against Spurs, they were just brilliant. They were so attacking. They were so dominant. They were so in control. Um, and Eduard at 6.5. I mean, you have to be looking at him as as a guy if he does step into the side and replace venteke which after that performance you'd have to say he has a good chance um yeah like he has he he could be an amazing option i mean that's the same price as ivan tony right he's um i I think he's dropped now to 6.4 but But
1: still if you're like look i'm holding to uh, i'm holding tony because i don't have the time to get rid of him but also because i'm not i haven't lost faith yet at all. like, he is what he is. When you bought him in, you knew that he was only 6.5. He was yeah. from a promoted side and had never played in the Premier League before. Yeah. So, look, stay chill.
0: But Well, you would surely keep him in this week anyway, even if you were look- eyeing that potential move, because Palace are up next against Liverpool, and Liverpool just look pretty good at the moment. Yeah,
1: but I said this to Charlie at the weekend as well. Crystal Palace at Anfield is hmm. Liverpool's, like, bogey fixture. Yeah. So I kind of, like, if I had nothing else on, I would 100% take a punt on it. It's like, what have you got to lose?
0: I think it's been a good few years since it's really been their bogey fixture, though. That That's kind of the... <laughs> I don't
1: agree. <laughs> I don't know the facts. If Jack was here right now he could yeah. spit some facts, but he's not. I,
0: I know they have historically uh had a, a number of games where they struggled against Palace, but I also remember them beating them something like seven or eight nil last season. But that, that might have actually <laughs> been that might have been at um South at park. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't look, yeah, I agree. And also you need to see these men do more. Like after ten minutes of a substitute appearance i don't think you can be like unless you're on a wild card if you like but other than that i don't think you can just be like knee-jerking him in
0: i still think it's difficult to justify even on a wild card because we do need to know that he's going to be the starting striker yeah. right like
1: i mean the- can he i don't know where where he plays but can he play instead of Ayu? because who is Ayu at this point
0: you know what if yeah if you asked me to pick who's worse of Ayu and Benteke, it would definitely be Ayu.
1: I'm sure Ayu hasn't scored for like nine months or something.
0: He He's an awful player. I, I just cannot stand him. But <laughs> he's one of the players that Palace have and they kind of have to use him because they don't have a huge wealth of options, but they do have guys coming in. Like, uh, uh, I don't know how to say this guy's name. I kept hearing Olise and it, there's no accent i'm sure it's just elise Elise. yeah but everyone's saying elise a so i'm just gonna say elise and you know the the pronunciation police can 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 call me and tell me the right way to say it um but he so, so you're saying he created the third goal here yeah on these notes i was confused because i thought the same and then i looked at the points and he didn't yeah, I it wasn't think he got an the, assist it wasn't the,
1: no he didn't get the assist but he like ran into the right. box like passed it to Gallagher and then he passed it to Edward, who scored hmm. but all of the work
0: was yeah. Elise yeah and
1: doing
0: he's the 5.4 so that's a really good price and I, I think ultimately the, the thing to consider here is Crystal Palace actually look like they might have an attack like that's mm. kind of where we're going at with yeah. this And um, Conor Gallagher at 5.6. I did see someone in one of our leagues as as well, kind and and brought him in. Um, He was fantastic. And I was speaking to you earlier off mic. Yeah, because that's what podcast people say. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, just how he... I was really surprised that he wasn't the guy who got the spotlight on Match of the Day. And it's kind of... I'm starting to become a uh, Match of the Day conspiracy theorist, I I just don't believe anything they say anymore because when I watch the matches on there they always feel, or when I watch the highlights they always feel completely different to when you watch the actual match in full I guess that's kind of a consequence of breaking something down into highlights Yeah. but I watched this match and Conor Gallagher was easily the best player on the pitch and he didn't even get a mention and I I think he did the one thing that let him down was he did keep shooting into the stands, like it was (laughs) comic um But at least he's trying yeah because i I had um i had a bet on that required palace to not get more than two shots on target and at that point i was like i I was screaming with joy every time conor gallagher got the ball because i knew he was just gonna shoot it into the stands (laughs) again and he did it like three or four times and i was like yes and then of course eduard came on and he scored two so that kind of put paid to that but in terms of like his influence on the team, I thought he was way more influential than Zaha. And I thought that he was he was always calling for the ball. He was always uh, picking up really, really good positions behind the striker. And if they're actually going to score goals and Edouard is going to come in, I think you're going to see him get rather a lot of assists and and potentially goals as well. I mean, if he can get his shots on target, he could be a really, really good um really good asset and actually i didn't realize this but you've written down here that you he got two goals last week as well so yeah damn he's yeah he is on form um really really good option if you are looking at wild card and that would probably be the guy from palace that i'd look at just knowing that they are essentially building the team around him mm. and i wouldn't be surprised if they tried to sign him next summer and they got him because they're oh. putting a lot of faith in him so you just on loan yeah, yeah, he's a uh, he's a Chelsea player. Oh, you know how Chelsea just have this like endless production line of players that are just always on loan. Yeah. he's one of those. <laughs> yeah. he'll never be. He'll never get to Chelsea. Um, like the only way he'll play for Chelsea as a uh like starter mm. is if they buy him back for a hundred million in like five years. Right. One guy we didn't mention actually, who who you have put on the notes here, who. It is totally worth giving a shout out to is uh, Edward Mendy. Yes. Uh, speaking of Edwards, <laughs> he he is looking very good. Chelsea looking very good and very solid defensively, as they always do. Mm. And at Six point million. Uh, six point million?
1: <laughs> you always as... say that. You say that so often. Do
0: I really? Yeah. I didn't even know I do that.
1: Yeah, I don't understand who starts for Chelsea in defense. I, I just don't get it. It's too confusing. My brain is too yeah. much. But
0: I I don't know I yeah I really want to know I want to know what love is
1: we all do and I know that there's this really um, I don't know if I'd go I conspiracy isn't a word but there's like this big thing on FPL Twitter or on FPL social media generally about not spending more than four point five on your goalkeeper because it's a waste of money hmm. which I just completely disagree with like do whatever you want with your team it's your business not anyone else's. If I had built my team to the point where I could have a premium goalkeeper and then maybe just, I don't know, whoever, Foster, who didn't play, Mendy is 100% who I would go for because he's
0: good. I have 1.5 million in my bank. I could literally just do that transfer.
1: No, because you're trying to get Lukaku in.
0: Yeah, I know. But if I wanted to just make one transfer and... Oh... Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, like, Mendy is just a great set and forget. Personally, um, I know a lot of people have Emi Martinez. Obviously, he missed the game because of his... uh, his Escapades. (laughs) Indiscretion (laughs) with (laughs) with the Argentina national team, pretending he does not live and work in England, which I think is just brilliant. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I know a lot of people have him. And I'm probably going to sound like a bitter Arsenal fan, but, like, he he's played very well last season. Villa Villa just, at 5.5 compared to Mendy at 6.0, I think you're probably getting just about better value of Mendy because I think they've got to keep far more clean sheets than Villa are this mm. season. Um, because, for one, Villa do not... Uh, sorry, Chelsea do not have Tyrone Mings in defence. And... That's a bonus in terms of, like, you know, not making horrible defensive errors that Hmm. cost your team goals.
1: Yeah, I don't know what Tyro Mings' deal is, really, because, like, is he a good player?
0: Yeah, I'm being a bit unfair to him. But
1: I thought he seemed all right in the Euros. I thought he seemed absolutely fine. But he does seem to do some crazy things when he's playing for Villa. Uh,
0: Yeah, I I think ultimately this is a problem when you play in one of those defensive positions. Okay. And. Uh, you know, whether you're a goalkeeper or you're a central defender. And actually, Arsenal were pretty impressive with this last season. They managed to make an attacking midfielder become that player in Danny Ceballos, where he would cost us goals from really high up the pitch. And it just, it didn't even compute how you could lose the ball in the attacking end and it directly lead to a goal because you lose it at such a bad time. But but yeah, I, I think Mings at the end of the day, like he is a pretty Pretty good defender, uh, pretty solid defender, very committed, very aggressive, but he does have a mistake in him and lots of defenders do. It's no like, you know, John Stones was this player many years ago and kind of still is to some degree. I mean, he still makes mistakes, but he's a very good player. Um, And I think, yeah, this weekend, he just made a a stupid back pass mistake. I did actually, something that wasn't uh, brought up on the coverage was uh, the goalkeeper just didn't come out. So, like, usually when someone, uh, like, a centre-back receives the ball, right, like, the goalkeeper, if they think that a pass might be coming back to them, they should really step forward, like, to the edge of their box so that they can receive it. And I do wonder how much of this was actually the goalkeeper's fault rather than just Ming's, Mm. because if the goalkeeper is even just 3 4 yards further forward expecting the back pass he gets there but the reason it's so bad is because Ming's doesn't hit it very hard and the goalkeeper is standing on his line so i was i was one wondering maybe if like if that's martinez there does that just yeah. not happen because martinez is like waiting for the back pass but you know it is what it is mistakes happen i think villa for the most part will be fine but i do think you know ming's has He has made errors before. He will make errors again. Um, And it's just kind of uh, a, what do you call it? A occupational hazard Mm. when you play in that (laughs) position. Um, I think we've gotten to the end of the notes here, but I do. Oh, we should talk about, talk about We We already kind of have, but like we didn't do it in depth. Do you want to talk Bamford and ASM as well? I've seen you've got them here.
1: Yeah, so I just had them here in case anyone was thinking about getting rid of Calvert-Lewin just because Hmm. they need to. Or like, yeah, I do think if you have Antonio, especially if you had Antonio from the start, just hold because you've made so much money back. There's no point in getting rid really. But yeah, I was thinking if you wanted to get rid of Calvert-Lewin, I had, I noted, obviously with Wilson out as well, Sam Maximan at 6.5. Uh, hmm. Newcastle have Leeds, Watford and Wolves up next. And also Bamford at 7.5. I know he hasn't really done much yet, but their fixtures coming up are Newcastle, West Ham and Watford, two of those at home. So I think that might be nice for them. I also had an and because I wanted to put in like a Jimenez type.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you, you said that because Wolves finally got on the score sheet this week
1: even if the first goal was an own goal
0: both goals were absolutely terrible
1: (laughs) and i was wondering about this huang man and what his business was and
0: huang hee chan yeah
1: Mm. so yeah that and that's why i didn't write them down because i was like i don't really know what what will come of those those two that pair
0: finally I, i mean this is the perfect this is exactly how i wanted it to go for wolves they've had this situation where they've been unable to score a goal and I thought they looked absolutely fantastic from the highlights this is one game where like I could clearly see who the better team were um and the amount of chances was phenomenal and it's just very on brand that the two goals they score were just really really bad like sloppy I think the first one like you said was an own goal and then the In fact, I think if I remember correctly, the guy literally just kicks it in his own net. It wasn't even like a it bounces off of him sort of situation. It was he actually kicked it in his own net. Yeah,
1: the first time I watched it, I think I thought he headed it into his own
0: net. Um, Yeah, it might have been a header. I can't can't actually remember now. It
1: was definitely he maybe thought he was at the other end of the pitch.
0: Yeah. And the Juan goal was just hilarious because Mm. Marcel, who walked away with two assists. Yes. Neither of them even remotely convincing I mean the first one it was literally he just crossed it in hopefully and the own goal happened the other one he actually messed up his kick like he was right in front of the goal he kind of tripped over the ball and then like bundled it across and then Huang like kind of gets it, like nudges it over the mm. line. And I was like, this is so good. This is like exactly the kind of way you want to win when you haven't been scoring. Just get two of the ugliest goals <laughs> imaginable. Miss all of the good chances you've had in the game. And that's it. You're off to a flyer now. Like n- now the goals will start flowing. Yeah. I hope that's what's going to happen. But the reason I think Wolves are interesting is because like you say, Jimenez is there at 7.4. I think he's probably a bit too too high priced at the moment. Um, considering the other options available. But they were very, very good in terms of, like, limiting the opposition chances. I mean, I, I didn't see any chances for for Watford in this game, really, apart from I think there was one, one good moment from Saar that put them under a little bit of pressure. Um, but I think at the end of the game that like they have the xg figures coming up on uh, on match of the day and it was something like 2 to like 0.19 or something. So Wolves did absolutely batter them in terms of the the chances they created. Um but Matey Boy, uh, Samedo, 4.9, a little bit high of a price for a defender, but but he had two clear-cut chances to score in this game and if he keeps getting those and they keep setting him up He's going to miss miss a lot because he's clearly a shit finisher, but also he's going to score eventually. And the fact that their defence is looking pretty solid mm. and they have like a pretty decent run of games coming. I mean, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, Villa, Leeds, Everton, Palace, West Ham, Norwich, Burnley, all of those games, really, really nice looking. And even if they're not going to win, if they're going to get like nil-nils, like having a defender from this team is not a bad shout at all
1: yeah I've fucked up with Bolly, though, haven't I? He's not getting back into this side,
0: is he not? Because I was curious. I, I I hadn't really done the research myself on on whether or not he would he would play, but
1: I believe he's fit now,
0: yeah. yeah, he's not marked as as out or anything. And
1: he was on the bench last in game week three, yeah. um I, I, I've made a mistake. Well, <laughs> no, the thought was there. The process, yeah, was ten, ten but the execution well, was not not
0: right. Yeah, I mean, you could have had Samedo and it would have been the same price, but
1: at this point I actually need a cheaper one. But I don't which right. are, which are the ones who are the full backs?
0: So Samedo is the guy who plays as the the right wing back mm-hmm. and I think Marcel is the guy playing left wing wing back. Okay. Um but I don't know if Marcel stays there because this is the thing, I don't really know enough about Wolves to be like a a uh any kind of authority on this. I don't they know if anyone have...
1: knows enough about Wolves.
0: No. They obviously have uh 8 Nuri, who they signed from I think Wren maybe, um, last season. But he's only played played a few minutes by the looks of things this season. And they do have Johnny who's out injured who was the starter on the left under under Nuno, but obviously we've got a different manager. So it's it's like one of those things where we're gonna find out as we go who his players are. Hmm. Um, but I do really rate the style of playing. I think Trincao 5.9 is another guy I want to highlight. I'm not sure I'm not sure this guy is going to be like... He's very much a watch list guy for now because I'm not sure he's going to have the end product, but he did look really, really impressive. I mean, he's basically the same price as Traore. The, those are still the two to look, look out for. Um, but he was really exceptional in this game and had a lot of shots. Um, was involved in a lot of the attacking play, looked very influential, looked very confident. And I think if Wolves can start turning more of those chances into goals, they're going to be the kind of team that, because of their pricing, it's going to make a lot of sense to to kind of have, like, maybe even two or three players from them. But yeah, if they keep up their their strong defence, I, I mean, I'm actually thinking now that I might just go for Samedo this week, because I do kind of need to... I think Luca Dean's probably on the way out for me, to be honest. Like, we watched that game today. He does not attack. Like, his set pieces seem shit now.
1: And he's expensive. That's the problem.
0: Well, that's it. But the reason I got him was because I was like, well, you know, set pieces, this and that. I'm not seeing any of that that stuff, you know, when he first came and he was scoring free kicks and Mm -hmm. he was getting assists from corners. Yeah. Everton look like a different team now. And I, I think the guys that stand out are DeCore and Grey. And Grey and Gray was actually to, to his credit, he's a player that I was not very um complimentary of going into this <laughs> season. And he looks good. Um I do think if it's a if it's a choice between DeCore and, and Grey, I mean I think you're you're very much on the Decore train, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do have some rationale for why that might be a good idea as well. Like one of the things that that was quite noticeable is (laughs) the chance that, well, firstly, we had the stat that came up, didn't we uh, on screen where it was like uh Damari Gray has scored three goals from three shots on target. Mm. And at some point that's going to end. And I do think some of his earlier goals, particularly one of them, I can't remember the second one, but there's one of the goals he scored this season was very lucky. Um, It's kind of a dodgy deflection or whatever. Um, But this one was was really good quality, but it was all about the past from Decoré. And much like I was saying about Connor... um, What's his face? Connor Gallagher, earlier on.
1: Could have been anyone.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Some guy called Connor. Well, you know, Everton are the guys you know, so it makes (laughs) sense. Um, Yeah, Decoré, he kind of ran the show. Like, when... Everton needed goals. Decore was the guy who was at the at the uh at the base of all of it, essentially. He was the guy who created I mean, he got an assist for for uh Townsend's long shot, which, yeah, to be fair, was very much like the Pogba Fernandez situation. Mm. But also like, he had a shot early on where he was in a good position and it forced a good save out of Pope. He just looks like the probably the best player in that team when Calvert-Lewin isn't there I I think that's probably fair to say right like sure he is the guy I'll agree so yeah I I guess ultimately the the decision between Gray and Decoré if you're looking for an Everton guy it does come down to do you want that guy who's higher up the pitch taking more shots or do you want the guy who's kind of more influential and is going to play the 90 minutes and kind of got to be relied upon to to kind of create and and when they're trailing or when they're trying to score a goal i think ducore will be the guy they they try to take advantage of to to get them the goal um really great performance from him really really impressed and yeah it was a good finish from gray but I, i just worry about the sustainability of whenever you have a guy who's not historically been a big goal scorer and they go on a run like this you kind of tend to see it revert and yeah, you you eventually see trouble. I do want to have a quick mention of my team as well. Just actually, and Brentford. Um, Okay.
1: Yeah. Brentford. Yes. Arsenal. No.
0: So Tony, you did speak about, but he, he was pretty good. Like he had some good moments in the game, but the guy who really stood out to me, certainly from the highlights was in Like that guy just is endlessly taking shots and at 5.5 there are quite a few players in this range now you're kind of spoilt for choice like i do wonder if it there's like a legit strategy and just oh god i've just realized i can just get rid of ben rama for one of these 5.5 guys yeah you can i should probably just do that um uh, yeah sorry i was distracted there by that revelation but he was a guy if you don't have anyone from Brentford, I, I do think he's he's gonna he's gonna score, you know, like,
1: you know what, though, the Brent Brentford have a really, really horrible fixture run.
0: You are quite correct to bring that up. I've just looked.
1: It's really bad. Um, and it's unfortunate that I can't get rid of Tony because I can't move. Um, yeah, but yeah, the uh, well, it doesn't really matter because he's just going to get two points every game. So it's not a big deal. Mm. Um, if I had a defender, maybe I'd be a bit more. But well, no, I don't know. I don't. You know, that's it. You, no one has more than one Brentford player in their team, I guess. Um, <laughs>
0: my mum has two.
1: Yeah, I have two. <laughs> um, but apart from me and your mum, <laughs> but the, the, you know why? Is because some you have a defender and you have Tony, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and I kind of got riot in with the knowing that I would just play Goeta for the those four fixtures that they have that are really bad. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. I don't mind.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I don't know what my point was originally. Oh, but basically it like you can hold those players for yeah, this no. run. But I, I, I wouldn't agree. get any of them in for this run. Hmm. I'd focus somewhere else. So like I'd maybe get to Kuray f- So for example get to Kuro for the next four or five game weeks. Then once Calvert-Lewin is back, switch over and you can put Umbermo in and then get Calvert-Lewin instead.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Something we like that. See, we want to see a bit more of Brentford and, and kind of, you know, get to grips of what they're about. I think they've had a really good start to the season. I think they've looked impressive. I think they were much, much better than Brighton. And really, with a team who deserved the win, I I think this was another game where the XG was very heavily in favour of Brentford. And basically, Trossard just had like a a really good moment Mm. and scored. Um, And that's just what happens in the Premier League, as they say. Uh, But yeah, I, I think they've got to be... I think they might surprise a few people in this run, but also I wouldn't say, oh yeah, you need to get one of these players against Liverpool and Chelsea, you know? I think the West Ham and like the Leicester games, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near as hard for a team like Brentford. Um, and I don't think them beating Arsenal on the, the first day was anything, uh, I don't think that, that's got to be a uh, an anomaly. I think that's got to be something they do... A few times this season, like that, not beat Arsenal twice. (laughs) But but I mean, they're going to beat some big teams and they're going to, you know, shock some people. And Arsenal, I did just want to mention, just because on the topic of value, there is some potential here. I mean, the thing about Arsenal, it's kind of a leap of uh, faith because they, uh, firstly, there's a bit of a question mark about selection. I I think there's a, a clear back four now i think tommy asu at 4.5 and ben white at 4.4 both potentially offering really good value because we do have a good run of fixtures tommy asu i didn't see the full game i couldn't really get a stream working and honestly i just can't be bothered because it sucks i hate streaming um but tommy asu looked really impressive in the air had a really good shot kind of early on and if Arsenal can refine that kind of defensive solidity that they had in sort of the back end of last season, then having a defender from this team at four point five or four point four, it's just it's, it's sensible, you know. And uh, the same applies to Ramsdale. I thought he had a really good debut, a, a really good league debut. Um, the there's a question mark over whether he replaces Leno for good. To be honest as a as a fan, I want to see it. Like I've been quite disappointed with Leno, not necessarily because his goalkeeping is bad, but because, you know, his distribution's kind of shitty. he He seems to fill everyone with nerves. And while he makes some good saves, he usually makes them well with three goals down, and that doesn't really help the team <laughs> much. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure Leno is long for this world. And a couple more, um obviously, Aubameyang Yang has dropped to nine point nine now. A good price if you want to take that leap of faith. Burnley, Spurs, Brighton, Palace, Villa, Leicester, Watford in their next, like, however many games that is. Like, that's a pretty good run. I think it depends on how highly you rate Arsenal and how lowly you rate some of the teams we're playing. But certainly in, like, two weeks' time, when we get past that Spurs game, if the teams start putting together some good performances, these are certainly players that could offer value. Erdegaard as well at 55 uh pepe at 7.2 pepe is very frustrating but walked away with an assist the other day he had some outrageous number of like chances created and and shots so from a statistical point of view he's a guy who profiles really well he's just very frustrating to watch so i do think yeah this team is a work in progress but if we're looking for value there's there's certainly potential there i mean smith rose dropped now as well i know he did drop to the bench but i don't think that's gonna I think that was more because of his um his illness that he had during the international break and Saka's at 6.3. There's a lot of kind of leap of faith there, but if you want leaps of faith, sorry. Uh, but if you want a guy who's a bit cheaper playing in sort of like a, a team that should ostensibly be vying for the top sort of six, then um there there is some potential there. And I think Tommy is where I'm looking at the moment because I just I was really quite impressed with his with his performance. And I do fancy Arsenal to get a few clean sheets in the weeks coming. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's it, really. I don't think there's anyone else I wanted to mention. Uh, Man City got a 1-0 win. I mean, Leicester are looking really poor at the moment, but I guess we can just have a quick look ahead to to next week. We've got a Friday night game, Natalie. Woo! How's how's that for you? That's That's a banger. Newcastle versus Leeds. It's quite disappointing, actually, because I love to have a player in a Friday night night game. I don't love it so much for, like, the 12.30 on a Saturday, but Friday night, I'm always like, yeah, let's get a, let's crack open a beer, let's watch this match, baby, let's get some points. Mm. I'm not going to have any in this, which no, kind of sucks, neither. but, but Newcastle leads, kick off the weekend, and we got... Okay, Wolves versus Brentford. This is the kind of match that makes me want to get a Wolves player in because this is on TV. Oh, God. Yeah. This should be interesting because, yeah, obviously, Brentford we were talking about earlier. Good team. Um, Wolves have finally got their first win of the season, finally scored their first couple of goals. Both teams kind of coming into it thinking they have a chance um, and both very attacking teams. I-, I think this could be an interesting one. Um Burnley-Arsenal, you know, if you're going to gonna go renegades, potential Arsenal captain in there maybe. I know that Aubameyang in particular has a very good record against Burnley over the years, as he does against Norwich. I guess strikers generally have good records against shit teams. That's probably how it works. But You, you know, know
1: what? I think Burnley might get relegated this season.
0: Oh, really? Mm. That's the kind of hot take I like to hear.
1: Yeah, and it's not the kind of one I like to give because Nick Pope is my fave. I love Chris Wood. <laughs> I like Sean Dyche and his business, yeah. but yeah, I, d- I, you know, and you know why I was thinking this is that that squad has not changed hmm. in what four years.
0: Yeah,
1: nothing has changed. It's the same, and even like the players who have changed, like Tommy and Nick Pope are the same player,
0: for example. Yeah, I think a lot of people tip Burnley to go down every season
1: I haven't I've never done before I've always yeah believed. now
0: nah. uh, no me too I, I I get you but like no I believe they are a strange one because that performance they put in today you know they were really dominant in the first half mm. and then they just got absolutely battered and looked like they didn't know how to handle anything and it, it's kind of strange really because I feel like Burnley They're one of those teams who will do that. They'll lure you into this kind of, like, sense that they're definitely getting relegated as well. Like, I'm sure around Christmas, they're going to be looking in trouble. But they always seem to just be able to get over the line. Yeah,
1: but someone's got to get relegated, Dan.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're right. Uh, I'm kind of interested because actually, like, when I'm looking at the teams I expect to get relegated, I I don't actually know. I, I think it's probably... Norwich, Watford and Burnley. Norwich and Watford are the two, right? And then it's someone else. And God, I I think a lot of people would probably look at Palace and expect them to get relegated, Not but now. maybe they're rethinking really that.
1: I've got so much faith in Patrick Vieira's Palace.
0: I, I did like the, the game at the weekend. I mean, I, I hope they put up a, a similar sort of performance against Liverpool, albeit I think Liverpool are a, a much better team. I think ultimately, like, what we saw... With Spurs is that they're maybe not like competing for the league this season, and those <laughs> results they got early on. You know, beating Man City it's no mean feat, but it kind of it's the kind of game that suits them, especially when Son's in the team. You mm. know, having that counter attack threat. I think they really missed him, by the way. Like he was a player that that they need because he's just he's lethal, and you know they don't have anyone. Lucas and like Bergvine and all those guys, they're fast, but they're not they're not that level. Uh, but Liverpool are playing Palace I mean would you still who are you thinking for captain this this weekend?
1: I don't have many options is the problem I've got it on Salah at the moment yeah really my only other option is Greenwood
0: yeah and they are playing West Ham away mm. so United do obviously have this really good away record which kind of potentially works in their favour I don't know. It's a difficult one, actually, because Man City are playing Southampton. And I think much like they did against West Ham, you're going to see a very defensive performance from Southampton. And I mean, Man City, they seem to struggle to break Leicester down. Who scored know, for yeah? Man
1: City in the end? Um,
0: I'm trying to remember. You know what? I, I feel like it was an own goal or something. Yeah, oh, it was Bernardo. Oh,
1: OK. Yeah.
0: And Cancelo got the assist, but I think it was a Cancelo long shot and the keeper parried it or something and and it just came, or it might have like deflected off of some players. It was definitely a bit of a fortunate goal. Mm. And I think Leicester were really unlucky actually because they did score through Vardy and he was just offside. This was one of those that I thought with the VAR this season, I thought it was going to be allowed because to me, and and admittedly, I didn't watch it like 50 times, so I, I could be wrong, but like, just from seeing it a couple of times I was like that looks like it should be onside," and I thought they were a bit hard done by there but Leicester have been poor this season I I know that Vardy's still good but you know Madison Barnes like all these players that you look to to well I I think a big part of it and I think a lot of Leicester fans would agree is that Ian Acho is just not playing Mm. And, and he was such an important part of what made them good last year um so they need to sort that out. But I mean, that's one reason I'm not going to be looking at Leicester for any captains. Not that I have any of their players <laughs> anyway. Um, I do think Salah is the obvious option. I mean, I, I think uh, the only guy you can go for from Arsenal is if you're going renegade and, and having a Bamiang, because I don't think there are enough clear, um, you know, I, I've got Smith Rowe. I think he'll probably go back into the team. Maybe Pepe could be a real renegade one, but Liverpool against Palace just seems like the obvious like Liverpool are in form, like they're they're playing at Anfield. uh Salah's looking decent, Mane not so much.
1: I, do, I mean, I do think if I had um someone who I was a bit more confident in mm. I would probably go for a Man United captain. Yeah. Especially because it's on Sunday and I hate having a captain yeah. before the um the five thirty on Saturday.
0: Yeah.
1: That's where I You I'd know go. what?
0: It's actually, for me, I think the captain that I want this weekend is Lukaku. Yeah. Because I think he's going to, I think he's going to demonstrate, like, what the difference is, much like he did against Arsenal. I think he's got to demonstrate what the difference between Chelsea and and a team like Spurs is at the moment. I, I, the way that they defended, and I know they're missing a few players, but like, They had players that have started a lot of games for them. It's not like these were guys they've just picked up off the street, Mm. and they couldn't deal with Benteke, Zaha, Conor Gallagher, and I. Like I would worry about how they deal with Lukaku because he's so much more intelligent and he's just a he's so strong, but he's he's an amazing finisher. And yeah, it's I think it could be a big score for well, you know, for the sake of being consistent, a big score. As much as Chelsea will allow it to be a big score, yeah. Uh, whereas a Man United game that gives me that gives me a lot of pause because West Ham, you know, they've been good. Man United, I'm still not convinced.
1: But West Ham haven't been good defensively.
0: Yeah, they have. But this is the thing. I I think they're gonna switch it up because they're losing Antonio. I because they they could play like an end to end like uh, sort of um ding-dong sort of game when they had Antonio because he's perfect for that role, but they don't have another striker. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to play, like... I I imagine they'll probably end up doing something weird, like putting Ben Rama as, like, a false nine or something. You threatened
1: that Bowen would go up top the other week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he's done that before. Or
1: Yarmolenko, I I think you said as well.
0: Yeah. I, I think probably it won't be Yarmolenko just because I don't think he has the legs. Like, it... In the running sense. Like, he does have <laughs> legs. Um but yeah, it, it will be interesting to see, but I just can't see Moyes without that player mm. doing anything other than trying to contain, especially knowing that Man United, like if you watch them this season, you'll know that what they struggle with is teams that are organized defensively and don't give them much space. It just depends how much the Ronaldo factor puts the fear into them and I don't, did you realise that West Ham signed Kurt Zuma?
1: Yes, uh, I did. Uh, I said, I, s- when it happened, I said, oh, look, Charlie, did you know that West Ham have signed Kurt Zuma? And he was like, no.
0: I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. Someone said it on a podcast the other day and I was like, what? what? It was really
1: <laughs> late. Like it was in the last weekend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I, for the first time ever, I just didn't pay any attention to transfer deadline day. Like... i I saw the arsenal news and that was it Mm. so i'm still discovering players like who've showed (laughs) up at clubs that i did but i think i'm I'm looking at this now and i'm like what is the what's the money move the big money move i can make and I, i think i might take a minus four and just find a way to get lukaku in because that just looks too good it looks too good and It would just be a double whammy. Like, if you absolutely smashed it against Spurs, like, I'd appreciate it because I'd be getting points and I'd be able to laugh at Spurs, which is always good. Um, Especially when you're an Arsenal fan and, you know, everything is miserable most of the time, so you need to find something to be joyous about.
1: Can do a clean sheet cup. So last week you got a point because you said Chelsea against Aston Villa. (sighs) Yes! And my 100% record was uh, ruined by Spurs. uh... Who, who didn't keep a clean sheet in any which way off. <laughs> so,
0: you could argue that they were one of the teams who did the least to keep a clean sheet yeah. of, across all of the league. Impressive.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm going first this week and I've just like, I've got nothing to lose anymore. Hmm. So I am going to say for the first time this season.
0: Oh God oh god Norwich Watford Uh, no nil nil no damn oh that is so renegade thank you that's so that's so unlike you as well to drop the first (laughs) nil (laughs) nil while I'm sitting here thinking oh which one looks safe which one looks like it will definitely oh that's you know that is I can kind of see it yeah Like, the more I look at it as well, because it's one of those games where Norwich, you know, they haven't got a point yet. Yeah, they can't lose. They can't. They just can't. And Watford, I think, after a decent start, they're probably thinking, oh, God, like, this is... We want to keep it tight at the back and try and nick one. So this could... You could be so right there, but that's that's a risky move so early on. Um, My heart of hearts wants to say Chelsea... But I just think when it's a big game, like even though I think Chelsea are probably going to batter Spurs, I wouldn't write them off, especially if Son gets back in the team because they are a very good counter-attacking side. And it could be that Spurs go through the same thing that Wolves had with Nuno, right? Where they're they're really good in the big games where they can just counter-attack mm. and they struggle when they play the shit teams because they they have to try the shit teams. <laughs> they They struggle when they play the, like... "Quote unquote lesser teams where they're they're supposed to take the initiative because those teams just don't let them do uh don't let them counter." I reckon. I see so you've you've psyched me out about Liverpool and this supposed Anfield slippery banana skin situation with Crystal Palace. So you I can think go I'm, for
1: it if you like. I don't mind.
0: Yeah, but you've you've put enough fear in me that I I'm scared to do it. So I'm between Arsenal and Wolves. Um, I wasn't impressed with Burnley today I think Arsenal with Tomiyasu and potentially with Ramsdale in the side, I think he is going to make a big difference from crosses, which is where Arsenal usually fuck it up, but I can't back Arsenal this early, I don't want it to blow up in my face, I'm going to go for Wolves I think they've looked really solid, I think Brentford look really impressive but I think Wolves are going to have you know, they just have the better squad so they should win and i think if they can turn their chances into goals oh man nah i think i'm wildcarding. okay this pod's got me so hyped <laughs> i would have been like if we hadn't done a podcast i would have just been so chill about it i wouldn't have looked at my team for a whole week mm-hmm. like i used to agonize over this stuff i used to like get spreadsheets out i used to be like oh god i have to plan for every single week now i'm like I don't don't have the mental capacity to like keep all of this stuff in my head and actually it's better when I don't because the funny thing about FPL is like the less you do the generally the more successful you are the more you start fucking about and taking minus eights the more you uh, you fall into a deep pit of despair and that's not what I want to do this season but I'm looking at that red flag with Calvert-Lewin I'm looking at the three players I have that don't start games I'm looking at whatever his name is Sanchez Robert I always want to call him Roger and I'm like I don't like it he's got me a few clean sheets but I just don't feel I don't feel safe
1: no I think it's very odd that so many people have Sanchez as their set and forget keeper
0: it's, it's very it, confusing it's fairly, to me it's a fairly simple logic really because it's just like Brighton are pretty good defensively he okay. does tend to make a decent amount of saves and he's like really cheap So, like, probably you'll do okay. It's just not what I would have done,
1: obviously, because I didn't do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I need to have a look because it all depends on, like, the distribution, right? So, like, Shaw has been good so far. I don't want to get rid of him. Alexander-Arnold is great. Like, I I like him. I do kind of want another Liverpool defender. I don't know what their fixtures are like going forward. Uh, They do have City-Man United coming up in the next five weeks. So maybe I leave it until after then. But anyway, I'm rambling. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at TheDanalysis. You can uh, do other stuff like email us at Um, What else can you do? You can rate and review and all that stuff on Apple Podcasts. Give us a little five star. Say, I love this podcast. It's really good. Dan and Nat are my favorite people to listen to um, because then we'll get really famous hopefully or at least famous by fpl standards i mean i think we're i think the real mistake we made with this podcast is we've come to quite a niche market and it's also a niche market that typically has a lot of guys who love stats
1: and we also took a season and a half long break
0: and we took a <laughs> season and a half off of doing the podcast so we're, okay there's there's you know it's give and take there's there's problems with the <laughs> fpl there's problems with us it's, it's you know We've both let let each other down here. It is what it is, but I do hope you enjoyed this, and I do hope you had a successful week, and I hope you're going to have a successful week going forward. But until we return, which I assume will be next week, do we have a Monday game?
1: No, just so next Sunday, and I'm off on Monday, so we can be up early, early in them on the Monday as well. So
0: anyway, yeah, like I said, rate and review us. Tell us how great we are. We will speak to you next week, and uh. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.